Welcome, fellow traveler. You are now listening to the Tent Theology Podcast. Each week, we have a tent talk where we pursue the renewing of the Christian social and political imagination. Welcome, friends, to the year-end episode of Tent Theology. We have really enjoyed spending this time with you all. Multiple episodes over multiple months. We never really imagined it would get this far, and it's so fun that it has kept going. So now we thought, I'm here with Chris Marchand and Sean McCoy, and uh, me, Stephen Backhouse, thought, let's do a State of the Union end-of-the-year review. Let's think about this past year, what it's meant to us as a, a Brit and a couple of Americans living in our countries in this year of 2020, what it means for us to have started this podcast. And we just thought this would be a good time to chat. And to be honest, dear listener, this is the kind of conversation the three of us would have had anyway. And we thought, let's just press record and see what happens. And I don't know what my friends are going to say. I don't know what they thought of this past year. So Chris Marchand, Sean McCoy, thank you for being my companions and fellow travelers this past year or so. One of the things I'm thinking in terms of the year, before we talk about the podcast, I wonder whether I could get you to think about this year 2020 and what have you seen that has maybe been dead or decaying? What have you seen that has died? What idols have you seen exposed? And what life or new life have you witnessed this year? This is my year review question for you. Chris, what have you noticed this year? You know, it's something that I've, I've noticed culture-wide. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like a pandemic. I'll, I'll describe it that way, where you hear about people getting COVID, and then all of a sudden, somebody you know has COVID. This past year, in, in, in some ways, I think it's reflective of how our churches couldn't meet to worship. Mm. And it really just... It, shook everything. It shook foundations of what we thought church is and how how community works. But I have more and more, I have just had people so much questioning their, their faith, what they yeah. think about God. Yeah. Um, and part of this plays into my interview with uh, Dr. Kristen Dumay of, of a reassessment of where did I come from? Like, who, mm. who are these people that, that discipled me? Was I even discipled? And for me, my faith, my yeah. faith itself hasn't quite been rocked necessarily. Like, I'm like, I feel like I'm just still following Jesus. Like, please, Jesus, lead me, you know. <laughs> uh, but I've had really close friends, people I go to church with or, uh, that I pastor, that they're just shook. And, yeah. and so the decay in the sense of, and it does have to do with the political sphere, because the people that we've come out of are still, yeah, they're so adamant. Like, that this party or this man that leads mm. us is the one and, and we're looking on and we're just, um, we're amazed that they're still, they're yeah. still saying the same things. And so yeah. the decay has been maybe, uh, maybe a concern of people's faith and they're losing their faith. Hmm. Are you okay with me answering the next question? Yeah. Well, what, I suppose it might be related. What kind of idols have you seen exposed in this last year? Oh, you know what? That's been really frustrating because <laughs> I feel like I've, I've been talking to the people that I've gone to church with a little bit, the, the, the ones back in the day. And no matter what I do, I can't actually expose the idol. Like, no, <laughs> like I keep, right. I keep going. 
I, I keep saying you've you've created the idol and, and you the abomination of desolations. You've, <laughs> you've done it. You've set up the the idol of Caesar in our in our midst. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. You're the ones. And and uh, and I've 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 grown weary of the finger pointing. And so the idol, Stephen, is what this podcast is about. It's about yeah. the idol nationalism. Yeah. And what you know, what more can we say? I, I think we're just going to keep. We're going to keep ruminating on this as a podcast, right? As as uh, as your next interviews and when you go into your next series, we'll we'll mm-hmm. keep doing that. You know what the harder question is? Is what about me? Where's the idols been for me? And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep thinking about that. Like, what are what are my own idols? You know, what about new life? What have you seen? There's where where have you seen life or something new starting? So so I I would say the new life has to do with the first thing that I said, okay. and it's it's that even though my friends. And the people I, I I love, even though their foundations have been sh- uh, utterly cr- sh- shaken or crumbling, we've continued to have so many conversations. Okay. And I think this podcast has been part of it. Like it, it can become kind of a, a talking point for me. I can be like, oh yeah, I heard this this thing, or 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 this uh you know guy. Have you got in I trouble? Know. Have you got in trouble yet because of anything on this podcast? I've not gotten in trouble. Okay. I'm, yeah. Oh boy, Stephen. Maybe maybe that's what I project in the new year. Uh, uh, Chris is going to get in trouble. <laughs> well, I don't want you to. You're unlike me and Sean. You're you're actually a leader of a church, and I would hate for you to get a nasty, a nasty email on a Monday morning based on something I, you said. <laughs> one yet. I, I do teach a class on uh, on American government, uh, okay. and it's an online class. And I have gotten a question from parents like, "Where do I stand on the Pledge of Allegiance?" And I had to. Uh, very, I don't think they know about this podcast, but um, I had to very kindly say how I feel about that and where what my yeah, stance is on that. So I, I don't know. I, I think the new life is how the so many conversations have happened, and it doesn't happen on social media. It doesn't happen. It happens just it just over coffee and mm-hmm. or over a phone conversation, and and so I think that's for me where I'm getting so much life is is a. Uh, is th- these connections that I, even people that are like maybe walking away from the faith that we still have this connection and there's still love there. Okay. Wow. Love is not dead. Love is coming alive. Sean, I love you, man. What do you think? <laughs> I love you guys too. That's one of the big, uh, definitely not to skip to the end of it, but what definitely gives me hope is, and what I'm, one of the things I'm definitely thankful for in this season is, is the relationship and the love that's grown between uh, this, this us and and those that are in these new relationships. So those those new births always give me an intense amount of hope. But to start with your first question about you know what I've seen uh, you know mm. entropy going on out there, I think the, the traditional power structure that we're used to in Western civilization around it kind of being dominated by we always joke around here that we're three bearded white guys. I seem to have that constantly wherever I go that we recognize that. And I think that yeah. we're seeing that transition. Yeah. And it's definitely at the heart of what I'm doing on a personal level around in the oil and gas industry and the energy industry that, you know, that the, even that as a, as its role in the world has been changing mm-hmm. uh, in terms of its omnipotent power in place and things of that nature that, you know, technology and, and the, in the, is this multicultural uh, approach to things, even though the oil and gas industry, I would argue is more multicultural than any, uh, but the traditional power structure has been around, um, you know, what, what we're used to in terms right. of modern, you know, modern civilization the last 70 80 years post-World War II. And so I think seeing that, that erode and watching that erode and fall yeah. down yeah. has, has been a big, has been a big, uh, big part of this year. And then I think in terms of an idol, I think what we've seen from the pandemic, and this may sound odd, and this is definitely not a uh, apologetic argument or some sort of like, yay us in terms of, of faith, but I think we've seen the idol of science take a hit this year in, okay. in terms of, 
uh, especially, you know, you look over at the United States in terms of the CDC, in terms of just, here's this pandemic and we can't find, uh, nobody really knows what the right thing to do is. And we're supposed to, and science is supposed to give us that. And, and that's the expectation that, you know, science has all the answers and it has the right answer. And, you know, do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? How's this work? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it really, and, and I think it's a, there's a cumulative effect that, that it's been coming around that in terms of trusting in science that doesn't maybe necessarily give you all the answers that you need. Because mm. it because it, it doesn't it provides a lot, and so I think the hope uh, a couple of things is is this idea of of not not getting rid of science because there's some holes in it, and not getting rid of faith or your spirituality because there's because there's holes in it. They're really where I think that the 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 opportunity the hope is the shalom and the tension between those two worlds that it's not about getting rid of one and justifying the other that we need we need to reach across the aisle and be a brother and a sister. To all these ideas and all these aspects of our civilization and what we are, and bring that uh, together instead of instead of trying to find one as a victor or not. And dualism is one that I think is a big part of that. It, it's we're all in yeah. this. It's a team sport. We, the we winner takes all mentality, isn't? There's, yeah, it, that that needs to. That's one of the things. I, that, that whole just like more is better just makes me want to just you know ram my head through a wall to be honest. And so, and yeah. I do want to, there was one thing I was stirred on when you said about another place about hope. This may sound like an odd place as well, but one last thing for anybody out there looking, there's a recent documentary on Netflix called uh, Kiss the Ground about regenerative farming. Mm-hmm. And so I think what well, seeing that coming and, and looking at the way that that is presented, it was apolitical in terms of the documentary and there was all kinds of opportunities to get, you know, inflammatory around it. And, and it wasn't, it was about the, you know, really, creating this healthy soil, you know, this ecosphere, ec- ecology, biosphere, what do you want to call it, that we live in, mm-hmm. but that it's, it's cumulative and it, there's so many areas that it helps and so many areas that, and we've lost uh, in, in terms of its effectiveness and that there's a chance there to go to, 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 I'm not a real big fan of like going back to anything, like going and making America great or anything else again. Or right. I think it's a romantic nature that just doesn't, this is, I've never seen play out well, but this particular area of going back to this, you know, truly, you know, cyclical based, whether it's the water cycle or yeah. uh, any other aspects of ecology, uh, and it's there and it's oper- there's opportunities there and it has so many, like, it's like, a, it's truly uh, the word that the phrase I always hate to hear in, in corporate America, which is win-win, but it truly is beneficial for all those that are part of it. There's just it's, not. It's not even, if you read like the work of Wendell Berry, for example, one of my yeah. favorite authors, like he's, he basically goes, look, we're not going back to something. They've never tried this. They, it, this this is like new realization of the connectedness of everything and that farming techniques. He and he looks at the the traditional homesteaders and he's like they were terrible farmers. They were terrible yeah. land managers. They were a failure. They created farms and buildings that are now rotting. They didn't even last two generations. Right? right. Like this isn't when we when we talk about going back to the land or regenerative farming or responsible use of land. This isn't some anti antiquated conservative thing this has never been done before <laughs> yeah, and definitely not the scale with it yeah it's the hope yeah. the hope should be the hope should be it's possible and it's and it's we yeah can do, it is we possible can there's there's actual yeah it would be one of my new growths in this year i've seen as well of becoming much more aware of the possibility of living small and in your local area and that, that it's actually possible it actually works that people like it it's good for humans (laughs) so that that's and the regenerative farming is is another one that i've noticed as well and and enjoyed watching yeah that's really good i guess my idol would be obviously i've just seen the 
I feel like Christianity itself is an idol, actually. I, somebody asked me this question a while ago, which is why I've asked you this question. And I, and I wonder whether the whole, this idea that people are in these power blocks or these self-interest groups fighting each other for meager resources. Um, that, it, that system is what I see has broken down or it's come to its end. I, I don't know if it's actually ending or going to end, but I think we've seen clearly how bad that is for people and how it's been exposed quite clearly, I think. So in a sense, and from my point of view, it almost like Christianity itself is one of those power blocks. It's been shown over the people who are most, seem to be most loudly and invested in public Christianity are the ones who are most clearly enamored with power at all costs, naked nationalism, hypocrisy, like the, the emperor has no clothes kind of thing. And so I wonder whether that, that worship of, of defending your tribe against the enemy itself has just been exposed for an open shame, an open sham, which would be connected to my decay, I guess, which is just the, uh, the destruction of some of these old tribal identities. It just, I think we're just noticing around, certainly in the worlds you and I, you both and, and me live in, that idea of, of these power blocks of identity and everybody's shouting at each other and completely separate modes of information and knowledge and chris mentioned it there ahead you just look at people who who raised you or, or or in your church you know i cannot believe that you don't see the same things i see i just it is almost impossible to imagine how these two groups of people live in the same universe and that's the death of something it's that we've created these bunkers these information silos which have made it almost completely impossible for us to actually connect to each other so that is a, de a death of something, <laughs> but the more you least, the, the least you identify with those kind of silos and bunkers, the more you can creep away and maybe start to find connections with people outside of that, which, which I think some of these labels that people are finding the labels aren't very useful for them anymore. So there's hope in that, which is, which is partly what we're doing right with tent theology. So this podcast itself, we started to use that language of fellow travelers. We started to use this. It started as a, a cry from the heart about people com coming to me saying, I can't, what do I do? I can't have faith in Christianity anymore because Trump is holding up a Bible outside of a church using violence to, to clear the protesters. Um, and then you guys jumped on board. So what's your podcast journey? What's that been like these last few months? you where, where do you think we're at right now with the podcast it's an intriguing question i i feel i i see i'm really intrigued by by the way with what you said about the local the local question right because everything else is too overwhelming yeah and, right and there's mm. these um currently in america there's all it's this there's this swirling mess about our election and it, and, it, and i just there's i feel so powerless about it yeah. so nothing you can do no. There's nothing I can do. So why am I, I, and also, I don't think God is calling me to worry about it. <laughs> like, I don't right. think God is calling me to take that on. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, here's one thing that I did this year based off of a recommendation um, was I bought a book that you recommended. And 
and there um it's a powers and submissions i bought that and i have okay. I, I need to read it but i'm i'm so looking forward to getting to the, to that and uh and when you had lucy pepiat uh, on um like i was like oh my goodness look at her books like i want to i need yeah. to get those yeah um now i'm a i'm a guy that gets excited about books i don't know that everybody's going to be that way but for me it's not just about the books it's about then the conversations that i can have the connections i can make with others right. after i've read yeah. it um i i I, what I what I'm trying to say is is I bring the podcast because it's really not the podcast it's the biggest these big questions that we're asking and mm -hmm. so I'm taking these conversations everywhere I go with me yeah I think that's where you know I'm I, maybe I should record the podcast everywhere I go like every conversation you know little bonus episodes <laughs> <laughs> and there certainly is more people out there that's what I started to realize was I meet people who's who's like I've never heard this stuff before I don't know uh like when I when I was talking to um, Seth Price on his podcast. Can I say this in church, which Sean here hooked me up with Seth and Sean, I guess you can tell better than me, Sean, what, what was, what was that thing that you thought was funny when I was on Seth's podcast? Yeah. Your second, your second up here, the recent one relative yeah. to this here in late 2020, uh, where you were telling the story about the taxation explanation and you were right. Trying, it sounded a lot like a lot of the stuff that you talked about at Nomad. When I right. first, and, and and Seth was going through the mental. And Seth, I've never heard this before. <laughs> not, not just that he hadn't heard it before, but what it meant. Right. In terms of hearing. Right. Like when you flip that narrative into your whole core, you always re remind us about is this imagination. Right. You're really calling what you're really calling us to do is is re redefine your perspective. And so when you flip that narrative, it's it is this whole thing we talk. It's like seeing something. We we can't unsee this now. Right. right. I can't right. go back to where I was before. I can't see this or well, I've heard it this yeah. way. I've heard this on a podcast and you've, and we've started to lament about it as Chris was alluding to. And now it's like, man, what do I do? What do I do with it? But, but watching him have this reaction to what you were saying. And I know, cause I had that exact same reaction. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago now listening to you, it just, it just kind of made me laugh. Yeah. Well, what I, what I was, what I was going to say was that reaction of like, I've never heard this before. This changes everything. I meet people who say like, why haven't I, I've never met anybody who says this before, but I know in myself, I'm like, I know lots of people who say this. So one yeah. of the things that I realized I could do with this podcast is just link people up. I'd be like, I know Lucy Pepiat. I know Brad Jerzak. I know Azariah France Williams. I know people who say, who know this stuff and who are living it out and saying it. So I didn't invent it. <laughs> I know Luke Bretherton. Like I know people who can, who can come out and say these things and we can make connections and we can start to have those conversations that Chris was talking about. So that to me, that's one of my goals of this 10th theology is to say, yeah, it's, it might be new, but it's not, you're not alone <laughs> and it's not unique. It might be new to you, but it's not unique. And there's lots of other people out there who are trying to do this kind of stuff. So yeah, that was part of it. What, what is it? What else your experience with the podcast been, Sean? Well, I want to say real quick too, that uh, to the listener out there, and I know speaking of nomad, you're the beloved listener. I'm not quite as good as Mr. Nash, <laughs> but um you know, I, I want to take a moment out to say that this is, you know, as somebody who's a listener and who at one point in time only listened to you on a podcast and even, you know, to Chris to some extent to now have the opportunity to, to, to connect personally. We, I want you to know out there listening as you're going through this, uh, that we're, we're grateful and thankful for your, your participation to make this successful, whatever the heck that means. Yeah. And it's successful because it meant something to you. And if this is challenging you and we're giving you an opportunity to at least contemplate this and not feel alone at the very least, and recognize that at the same time, while these this when you see these things, it becomes very difficult. Then Christmas becomes less enjoyable. Mm -hmm. 
you know, these certain aspects, the luster is gone and it becomes, that's a road, it's a journey that you were talking about, that traveler. And now you're a sudden, you're too far out of town to go back, but you don't know where you're going. Perilous, like, what the heck do I do? I do get, I don't know if you guys get a lot of emails. I get, I do get a number of emails from listeners. And I have to say one of the more common ones is the, I'm losing my faith or I feel like I'm having a faith struggle or it's a hard road. That's, you know, I don't mind. By the way, if you're a listener and that is you, then I don't mind you send me that email. I just would say that very clearly. But I am also aware that so much of the loss of faith is actually more a loss of trust in the people who, who they were looked up to or the culture that they were born into. And uh, often a lot of my work then ends up being, well, I don't think that you're having a loss of faith in the goodness of Jesus. I think you are just realizing the failure of your culture to live up to Jesus or that kind of thing. And so if there's something that we can do on this podcast to help with that, <laughs> right? And that, I mean, Stephen, just a jump because that's such a huge, when you've had that foundational block yeah. destroyed, I mean, yeah. and now you don't have it. And, and not to point fingers, but that's what you were, Brian Zahn's episode on Nomad started, yeah. it was kind of the final, the final break in the seal. And then your episode for me just blew it out of the water. And it is an uneasy, difficult yeah. process. Because this thing you believed in, you're right. you didn't realize the depth that you believed in it. Right. Down and there's a, there's a vacuum, there's a chasm and nature of yeah. a vacuum. And yeah. It's a, and it's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. But it's not a loss of faith. <laughs> right. It's a crisis of identity. I think the key, the key there though, is if we can, rem- it's the baby with the bathwater thing. Don't, right. don't throw the whole thing. Right. They're more, you know, further on, further in thinking yeah. about Williams and C.S. Lewis and these, you know, this, this, this resonates with me of just don't, don't throw in the town just because it got difficult because there was, there was, a, you know, a, the facade fell down, but what's, what's behind it. Well, yeah. You know, what, what else is out there? Don't, don't quit. Don't, 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 don't quit on it. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on the divine. I've, I want to, I wonder whether it's something that you were just saying uh, just now, Sean, made me think I'd love to spend a bit of time plugging some other people's work and helping to connect. So we, can we use a bit of time right now? I've just, I've just launched this on you, but I wonder whether it'd be, it'd be quite fun to, to connect our listeners with other places and people that they might not have thought of before. And you've already, Sean, you've already given a good plug for Nomad, the Nomad podcast. It's a, a British, it come, it's coming out of the British stable, but it has an international focus. And that has been a really good blessing, isn't it? To, to you and to me, oh. I know. I mentioned, can I say this at church? Our friend, Seth Price. Fantastic. He's such a gracious, gentle guy, right? I mean, it's hard to find somebody sort of nicer and kinder to talk to, really. <laughs> what, what, Chris, what, what kind of what kind of podcast or material would you recommend to? Us? Uh, I got a couple. Um, there's a, an Anglican priest. Uh, his name is D- Dr. Esau McCauley, and he just uh, re- uh, released a book called Reading While Black. Reading oh, my. Book. Yes, that's on my list. I want to read that. And, tell, uh, us, tell us about that. His, his podcast is called The Disruptors. Okay. And so he, he brings on people that are doing something uh, to disrupt the system and uh, always somebody interesting. N.T. Wright was one of his guests, but, um, but one, of the, one of the guests that he had on was another a black man minister. And they had this kind of debate about what should, should, uh, should black people um, try to even do anything with white people or, right. or, or should they have black owned businesses? And so I, I, raised that, I raised that up to say, Oh, that's a fascinating conversation that I barely know anything about. Right. 
And so, he, uh, Dr. Esau McCauley, he's doing he's doing some good work. Um, yeah. Disruptors. Cool. And then there's another podcast called Crackers and Grape Juice. Okay. Uh, they have a side podcast where they discuss the works of Stanley Hauerwas. Um, okay. it's, it's called, um, oh, it's called You Are Not Accepted. Okay. And, and uh, <laughs> you're not good. <laughs> you know, Stanley Hauerwas pointing fingers at us. So. Very good. I was thinking of, there's one called The Sacred. So my friend, Elizabeth Oldfield, who's the director of Theos, which is a public theology think tank here in England. She hosts this conversation podcast but it's not if you look it up there's some really big names that she talks to and it's not christian it's talking to them about what they think is sacred and she she interviews artists and writers and uh public intellectuals um including some household names that she interviews so i i really recommend elizabeth oldfield a future guest on tent theology if all things go well of course we have galibe our friend galibe omanaka who has of sorrow saints and sorrows Sean, did you have some other podcasts you wanted to recommend? As as the as an as a podcast junkie that I am, I would have to tell you yes. <laughs> so I really I'm going to try to list this as quick as possible. But halfway there with Eric Nevins is a great podcast because mm -hmm. it's it is faith based, but it it, it just like the entitlement um, says, he tries to go back and say you're about halfway through your journey or whatever you want to call it. Okay, you know, proverbial halfway. What is your what has it been like? Where are you going? So it, it so it laments on. It's not just a you know, it's not just an apologetics or something that you go over and over. So it's, it's, it is a great job there. The Bible project is, a, is an easy one. Those yeah, guys do right. work up here. Mm. I mean, they really make it um, easy to digest. And they've added a new co-host, uh, a lady that's, that's incredible. The Bible for normal people with Pete Inns, mm -hmm. Jared is really, really good. The what if yeah. project by uh, Dr. Glenn Siebert. He does, he just did a whole series on hell. Mm -hmm. Brian McLaren was there, N.T. Wright, and some others. He does a really, really good job. Definitely on the um, pushing the boundaries, heavy on the uh, inclusion around LGBT and race and stuff like that, and really kind of almost like Seth's, a lot like Seth's pod, podcast. Okay. It does a great job, and I and actually need to connect you to as well. Um, there's uh, there's some other ones. Sorry, uh, this may be a little bit of an odd recommendation, but I'd, I'd encourage people just in terms of the spirituality. There's a friend of mine named Brandon Hanley who has a, a podcast called Spiritual Dope, and it's, it's, he comes from a much more of a secular uh, approach and much more okay. of a um, growing up in a, um, how would you kind of, a, a, kind of almost charismatic, but not really, but not Pentecostal, kind of a very, you know, all woo woo stuff is what he calls it. And he's going yeah. through it back and forth. So it's almost like this deconstruction coming the other side towards, okay. towards more of, a, of an organized religion versus trying to figure that out versus falling away from it. Okay. So interesting, all kinds of interesting stuff there. Um, and there's one, my friend, Spiritual Life and Leadership uh, with Marcus, uh, with my friend, he does great. Yeah. You are a junkie. That's great. It is. And last one, last one is a challenge. There's a, there's a podcast called Blur, B-L-H-E-R. Uh -huh. uh, two young ladies I had on my podcast, uh, uh, Brittany and Kelly, who are, um, they're African-American young women. And it's literally nothing but, you know, quote unquote, black issues, quote unquote, African-American issues. Right. Uh, from, and, it's, and it's the predominant way that they do it. And I, what and what I would almost like there's another one called Momming While Muslims who I had on my podcast as well mm -hmm. uh, was Ava Hassan and um, and Uzma Jaffrey. So I, I'm a white guy as we always talk about, and these are these are women, but completely I mean completely different. Yeah. But listening to those um, and knowing you're not going to resonate with some of those some of those areas directly in terms of experience, but then when you start to hear mm. similarities, it really yeah. does for me. It's it's just brought home. Yeah, this idea, you know, it's, we're just, we're just, kind of, the cultures, the software may be different, but the, the hardware is the same. 
So that's what I would say. Well, thank you for that. Those are great. I feel like there's some good stuff out there. There's some good people. And uh, I'm glad that we get to be a tiny part of this bigger conversation. Chris, Sean, what do you think we, before we go, as we bring this into land, what do you think we've got in the future? What, what kind of stuff have we got looming in the future? What ideas have we got for, for next year's tent theology? Well, I, I hope there's a chance to, to go back to uh, Kierkegaard at some point. Okay. Outside of, the, outside okay. of just the acts and, the, you know, which all four, but I think, you know, your, your closeness to Kierkegaard and some of the things you've mentioned around that, I think, which is part of this, a lot of parallels in the journey, I think. Like, you know, pulling, we get a lot of, we get a lot of miles out of that, I think. So, yeah, yeah, we'll do a, we should do some Kierkegaard episodes. That's good. I've, I've, I've got some ideas. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing probably. And I, I think you should give us some reading assignments. You should be like, you, you, you young men, you need to do your homework. A reading group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Put your professor head on and say, here's the assignment. Oh, fantastic. Start a 10th theology university and maybe I can mark essays and we can issue degrees. That'd be wonderful. He says with extreme cynicism. (laughs) Okay, so we got Kierkegaard. We got some new uh, interviews lined up. We're going to have interviews with politicians, with songwriters, with artists, with intellectuals, with a Tolkien scholar coming up. Tolkien scholar. I'm going to talk to a Shakespeare scholar if all things work out. We've got some good stuff coming up here, guys. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So. I guess I'm just going to end this by asking, are you going to stick around for 2021? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. <laughs> if 2021 doesn't destroy us, <laughs> then we'll, we'll still be here. Yes. Well, as, thank, as long as we get a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> as long as we get the Wi-Fi signal and that doesn't decay and die on us, there'll be life in tent theology yet. Friends, I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to let you go. I know that Chris has to run. And uh, Sean has a whole life ahead of him that he's got to get back to. So thank you, chaps. I appreciate your time. And I look forward to talking to you very soon. To further support the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media and learn more about Tenth Theology at www.tenththeology.com. Thank you for joining us and God bless everyone.